The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process and stateside. Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 Net newsletter with Zoe, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, Mike's demand is not met. Nope. The win streak stops at eight. Yep. In a just all too predictable loss to the Washington Wizards. Wizards. Oh, man. We deserve that one. As well on the show, James Harden rumors about him wanting to go back to Houston. The Knicks might want Tobias Harris. We'll finally get to the Ringer Top 100 rankings. And, of course, your emails and voicemails. I did mention Stateside Vodka. We have uh, uh, New Year's Eve coming up. Get some stateside vodka, maybe some uh, vodka sodas, maybe some Surfside iced tea and vodka. Celebrate at home safely. We got this email from Matt. My wife and I recently moved back to Philly after a decade in New York to be close to my family and put down roots in a community we love as we are expecting our first baby. Soon after buying a place and moving in, our dog Henry formed a fast friendship with our next door neighbors at the stateside distillery, particularly Vance, who gives him treats on our morning walks. Fast forward to this week, and we were unfortunately at CHOP with our now four-week-old daughter, Ruby. Luckily, we were in excellent care and ruled out, ruled out anything major, but you can imagine the heaviness of spending the holidays at CHOP with a newborn. We arrived home yesterday after four rough days, emotionally drained to find our friends at stateside had left us a Christmas care package, including a gift for Ruby, treats for Henry, and some drinks for mom and dad. After a week of uncertainty, it was a gesture that had outsized impact and brought us back into the holiday spirit. Thank you, Stateside, for treating our, our folks like that. If you had been able to do something about the game tonight, it would have been like an added thing. Whatever. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights of Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with the most disappointed coach in America. That is Juan Mike Levin. I mean, one of the, the single most obvious loss in the yeah. history of obvious losses. Yeah. And we doubled down on it, honestly. You know, I texted you guys immediately, almost immediately after the next game, like, we need to money line hedge the Wizards. Yeah. And you added more to do a, a same game parlay, which I get. Yeah, but they, DraftKings like the same game part. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But the most obvious, especially like Maxi's coming back the next game. They just beat the Knicks on the road on Christmas at Madison Square Garden. They've now come back in two straight games, big deficits, mm -hmm. come back to win. Mm -hmm. They're at the Wizards in the in the fucking quietest arena in the league. Yep. 
there's there was no way they were winning this game. Just like an automatic trap game, letdown game. They got the Pelicans, who are one of the top teams in the West, coming up on Friday. Like it was just so 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 obvious, and they played like shit. And it was it was a bad. It was such a bad game. I mean, on the one hand, yeah, they just they shot six of thirty one from three, which is nineteen point four percent. Yeah, but somehow that didn't seem like what happened when you watched. No, I mean, yeah, they. Do you know they, what I mean? It was dumbass turnovers. It was like poor coaching decisions leading to like inexplicable bad offensive possessions in the fourth quarter. It was bad, like really fucking lazy defense the entire first three quarters of the game. 100%. 100%. the, 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 The... the defensive rebounding was a disaster. It just again, like, I mean, again, like yeah. how many times do we have to do it where they're like a horrendous defensive rebounding team? And a lot of that's on Joel, but like the, every time they have, they keep having to switch to zone because they can't cover anyone straight yeah. until like the last like four minutes of a game. And it's just Joel having to help because no one can stop anybody at the point of attack. Joel comes over to help. It's either a, a lob or just a miss. And somebody else just like easily has it. It's an offensive rebound for Dan Gafford or whoever the fuck uh, for a tip dunk. It's so it's so easy. They just can't stop anybody penetration. Not anybody. So it ha- they have to go to zone. Like honestly, they should just like stay in zone. Just like be the team that only plays zone. It's uh it's embarrassing, but that's that's what it is. But they're still. I mean, they're still good defense against all odds. But it's this was a bad game, man. This was a bad, bad, bad game. And like really, really they've won bad. eight straight and to. They're the only kind of team that can win eight in a row, including some good wins in there. One mm-hmm. in particular, obviously. Yep. And and then lose to the Wizards on the road, and just be like, all the goodwill is gone, just immediately gone. Yep. And I fucking ruined it. And of course, like you know, again, I have to make clear. I didn't say they're going to win nine straight games. It wasn't a prediction. It was a demand. It was 100% not a prediction. It was not a prediction. I wasn't saying I have a good feeling about this. It was they have to do it. They simply had to do it. It was a must do, must accomplish. And they fucked around in a couple of those games and they came out okay. And then one game, even when Bradley Beal goes down, misses the last half of the fourth quarter, Porzingis missed a couple minutes in the game. Like, to lose to this team is embarrassing, and they should feel embarrassed. Doesn't matter how many games you won in a row. This is an embarrassing, like top to bottom. Every like, I think Harden played very well. I think Harden was probably the best player tonight. Like, it's so weird that Embiid, Embiid scores forty eight, and I have just like so many complaints. Yeah, uh, he's obviously incredible, and watching him is a treat. And like his array of moves, it's like a pleasure to watch his. Yeah, but him like, do his thing, like knowing his package of moves that he's comfortable with, and like what he's going to get to. It's like it's fun to feel like. He's about to do the thing again, like, and it's going to work. It's great. He's the best. But also, like, he's got to be better. Like, he's just got to be better. He's got to make fewer dumbass mistakes. He's got to rebound the fucking ball. And there's times that, like, he's got I think three he's rebounds so, at the half every game. Yeah, he's like. so weak. Sometimes he's so weak going up for rebounds. Like, his hands are weak. He can so easily get it knocked away from him. And then against Mitchell Robinson in the next game and a couple times tonight, he will, like, turn it on and go, like, no, I'm getting this fucking ball. And grab it out of somebody's hands. And it's like, okay, you have that. But a lot of the time, he just doesn't want to do it. Like, he just doesn't feel like it. He's going up soft and like lazy and stuff. And, uh, and there's not enough guys on the team that can jump and rebound and play hard. And uh, that's frustrating. 
It's a frustrating game. They shouldn't have lost that game. They had no business losing that game, but I knew they were going to. I, I appreciate you coming around on that because when you were saying yeah, trap game after Christmas, I was like, no, 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 no excuses there. No, like, no excuses. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. No, yeah, no, no, no. no. I, 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 I submitted yes. an assignment and they yeah. didn't accomplish it. Absolutely. They're losers for that. <laughs> I, you know, I have a, mar I have a martini. You know Alyssa what? Alyssa made you, a martini and I was going to, this is going to be a celebratory martini and that was an annoying martini. Can I? Yeah, the champagne. I brought champagne. Yeah. Well, I was going to open the champagne. Do, your, do me a favor and bash your dick with that champagne. There you go. Bash my dick with the champagne. All right. The, uh, you would hope, too, after the Clipper game and the Nick game, where they came out sort of like, they almost play like they don't think they have to try until the yeah. second half or Every something. Time. Every time. But, but you would hope with, but unfortunately, like, because they won those games, what I'm, what's going through my head is, oh, they're going to, they're going to learn they can't do this. No. But they have to lose, I think, yeah. before they learn they can't do it. And that's what they did tonight. But like, it just, it never came together. And what was the most maddening, I think, was like the, the complete lack of effort defensively in the first half. They just didn't try. And to your point about point of attack defense, and we'll get to this eventually, but they're about to introduce like Maxi back to the starting lineup too, which will make that weaker. I mean, it just will. Maybe. But, I mean, I don't think that there's anyone on the team right now. Like PJ sometimes, Tobias sometimes. Harden I thought was good defensively against Julius Randle, but that's mostly because of his hands. And you yeah. can see when guys turn it on at the ends of games. You're, you can watch Harden play defense at the end of the game straight up and go like, oh, fuck, like, that's good. That's good. And then there's other times when he's just like, I'm just going to kind of ride his hip and yeah. allow somebody to step up. And every time Embiid steps up, it's such an easy play for the other team to make. And they don't always make it, and, and Embiid gets blocks, and he'll prevent shots at the rim and all that stuff. But like, he can't cover the ball handler and the lob threat at the same time. And he's always so disappointed when it's like, PJ Tucker or George Niang trying to like box out a guy or prevent a guy from going up for a lob like that's seven inches taller than them and like way more athletic and you're just like and NBA turns around and is like what the fuck and it's like that's not the problem the problem is containing dribble penetration penetration and they don't do it and I, I don't think that Maxi is worse worse at that I don't think he's a worse like point of attack defender than George Niang or Harden most of the time or sometimes, you know, PJ, I think his his lateral quickness is just well, like I'm shot. just I'm just thinking of the first eight minutes of the game when it'll be Maxi rather than Melton in there. But but I don't well, I, I think talk it's about it yeah. Well but we can it, yeah. just yeah, we'll, we'll get to it in a second. The 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 other Matt that the the thing that I, I think at the end of it that was just the extra the extra punch in the dick was when they were finally competing on defense in the fourth quarter and they caused a couple of 24 second violations and a couple of mm -hmm. bad shots in zone in zone the what's it called the the offensive execution in the, like the second half of the fourth quarter was awful yeah on but but the the worst part was just two possessions at the end one of them was Tobias alone who had a wide open three pointer and then dribbled into 17 feet. And it looked like yeah. he had something there. He passed mm -hmm. that up. Then it mm -hmm. went to the lane and then he jumped and he passed it out. And then the, you know, one of like maybe the third to last possession, Tobias had an open three, passed it up. And Bede had an open three, passed it up. 
and yeah. it ended up as a fucking turnover. It was yeah. it was everyone got fucking scared against the Wizards in the regular season. Like shoot the fucking ball, Jesus Christ! Yeah. And and this is Tobias has now had three games in a row. One game was okay. The next game was eh, and then this game was eh. Like I, he has done so much work to become this new guy. Stay that new guy. Yeah. You're, you're wide open for three. I don't care if you're 0 for fucking 7. Shoot the yeah. ball. Shoot yes. the ball. Yeah, it was even before those, it was clear that Tobias was not confident Tobias tonight. It was like a little slow, a little hesitant. Like he looks cold. He was passing up open looks or relatively quick shot looks for more difficult passes and plays. He is finishing around the rim well at this point, which is something that in the past like it seemed like he would you know, smoke a couple layups here and there. But it seems like he's he's going up against... I don't think he had any dunks tonight, but or maybe one, maybe one lob dunk. Um, but a couple like tough finishes around whether it was Gafford or um, Porzingis, and and that was nice. But but yeah, I mean like you just gotta. It's that's what you're here. That's what you're here to do. That's what everybody is loving. That's what is that's what is getting everybody happy about it. Of your game is that like you're willing to shoot and keep shooting and hit big shots and dribbling into traffic and trying to like navigate stuff. It just felt like they were trying to get like six points back in one play. Really, since the, there was the after timeout play in the fourth quarter, that was a great play call. It was a great, great, great design play. Which one? Which was uh, pick and roll with Harden. It was a Harden lob to Embiid off a Tobias screen. Embiid mm-hmm. oh, right, like right, right. faked, yep. faked like he was just like going to do nothing and then get a little give and go and, and was a nice, nice lob. It was like, that's real basketball. I was like, oh my God, I saw a play. I finally saw a play get called and executed. It was great. And then the rest of the game, it was just like isolation. Isolation, 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 nothing, no movement, standing there. And it's just, I don't know why, like, Joel Embiid is one of the most talented players on the planet. He's so good. He can do so many things. It's so impressive watching him do all the things he can do. But he doesn't fucking have to. He doesn't have to make it harder on himself all the time. And there were a ton of times tonight especially late where he's creating for himself from 20 plus feet out. Yeah. 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 And he doesn't have to do it. And they have, they have a pick and pop and he could get a, they have bread and butter shit all the time, all the time. They have bread and butter stuff with Harden where it's just like set a screen. He rolls or he pops or Harden gets good. It's like it, it's been working and to go away from that so that Joel can like try to dazzle us with like, Fancy footwork and spinny stuff. Like he was, his his handle's not that good. It's good. Like it's good. It's really good for a seven seven foot two player. But it's not so good that you want him dribbling through traffic at his size when the defense is trying to dig down into him. They want him to put the ball in the deck. And it's just it's really frustrating that like and B didn't execute, Harden didn't execute, and Doc wasn't calling it, and it was very frustrating. And that on top of like they missed a ton of threes that they would have hit. Even the Niang wide open shot from straight away, like. He makes that a billion times. It was just tough. It was a tough shooting night. It happens. But like compounded, that is all compounded by the fact that they like made a bunch of dumb shit, dumb decisions, including, by the way, they're, they do hit the three. They're down three. They're down three. The other uh, Wizards are inbounding the ball. They call a timeout. Why is George Niang in the game for defense when you're down three and you need to steal? Yep. And if I understand that Tucker's hurt, but there, it's got to be Matisse. other options. It's yeah. got to be Matisse. Yeah. Otherwise, cut him. If Matisse is not in this game in that moment, then he should be forced 
to be cut. There's no other purpose for him ever having there. If PJ's out of the game, like you're not going to get the ball back for George Niang to hit a 5.3. Like it doesn't matter. And they obviously went to Niang's guy. Niang who plays his ass off, plays hard. He's just limited. And not having Matisse in the game in that moment was dumbfounding. And it's just like little, little shit that compounds by the fact that they had a poor shooting night, that the Wizards killed them on the glass, and they made a bunch of bad decisions. It was just like, they should have won this game. They should have won this game for me, and they lost it for me. I know they did it on purpose. I fucking know. I know yeah. that Doc did this on purpose. Yeah, and wanted to teach you a fucking lesson. In, in not being like would you, would you a demand, better coach than him. Would you demand a win streak like that from Pop? <laughs> Maybe not. Probably not. Maybe not. Well, this will cheer everyone up. All right. Mike, there has been a change in the DraftKings NBA championship odds, Vegas Mike. We have a new—the Celtics are still the favorite to win the championship. There's been a change in Sixers odds, but there's also been a change in the overall odds. Celtics still the favorite to win the championship. Who do you think is the second favorite at DraftKings Sportsbook? Uh, Milwaukee. No. Denver? No. Clippers? Nope. It's not going to be Cleveland. It's not going to... It can't be Brooklyn. It can't be Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn. Oh, my God. They are plus 600 at Vegas is consistently fooled by these people. Yep. Uh, Vegas Mike is not. The Sixers are are down to plus 1,800. They were plus 2,200 the last time we checked in. We did do the uh, the emotional hedge same game parlay. It it did not work out. We uh, what was it? It was uh, it was because you put Embiid over uh, Embiid under 29 and a half, which yeah. I wouldn't have done. Well, I, I wouldn't have done it. Vegas Mike wouldn't have done there. it. Yeah. Vegas Mike wouldn't have done it. You're right. You're right. Well, that's why you're Vegas Mike. I'm not. Right. Washington, it was Washington Wizards money line Beal over 22 and a half. And bead under 19 and a half and Chris Stapps over 15, but didn't work out. But you can do same game parlays. Look, we love DraftKings Sportsbook. Easy money in, easy money out, easy to do same game parlays, fun. Uh, and if you're a new customer, place a $5 NBA bet and get 200 bucks in free bets, win or lose by using code RTRS. Use code RTRS. Download the app now. Sign up with code RTRS. New customers bet five bucks on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. It's code RTRS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Listen to Vegas Mike and not me. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, there was a... Mo- oh, we can we... Look, this is not top line, but can we talk about Daniel House for a second? Sure. He, you know, we had a couple of people mention that the Danny of the game should now be the Daniel of the that's game. That's good. Yeah, no, that's right. And that's I, th- I think it is. There's at least one time every game where he does something fucking incredibly stupid. That well, blown well, here's the, the difference layup the, and then the foul on the three absolutely. Was, was just fucking awful. And even the stuff he does well, he's, it's always so close to being stupid. Like yeah. it's, it's always like right on, the, right on the knife's edge. The thing with the Danny of the game, which was named after Danny Green, who is... The one of the smarter players in the league, ninety-seven percent of the time, and then three percent of the time, once or twice per game, would do the dumbest thing you've ever seen in your life, and it's just like a total brain malfunction, and that's why it was the Danny. It was just like he does it once; he doesn't do it the whole time. The the, the percentages are reversed for Dan House, in that like three percent of the time he does something 
very smart and incredible. And then 97% of the time, even when it works, it's genuinely out of its mind. Um, but I'll still give it to him. It's a, it's, a, it's a variation of it. But yeah, he's he he makes some he makes some choices, man. There was a moment where both he and Matisse were in the game at the same time, and I was like, oh boy, this is a fucking recipe for disaster. Yeah, weird, weird, very weird. Like I thought Matisse when he was in there, he played five minutes in the first half. I thought he was he had a nice block at the rim. I thought he was like getting his hands in there, deflection stuff. I thought he was impacting stuff. Wasn't doing anything offensively, but that's not prohibitive for several players on this team to get minutes. And then PJ Tucker goes down and Matisse never comes back in. I thought that was very, very bizarre. I thought it was very odd to not to not bring Matisse back in when he was playing like sound basketball in the defensive end. I you know there was a, in a game when the bench looked bad. I mean the bench yeah. was a terrible game from the bench. Shake I thought Shake had his worst game of the season. Yeah. Um he had one play where he got to the got to the rim at the end of the quarter, got fouled. Um and off of the Knicks buzzer beater. Um at halftime, that was a nice, you know, we love having love shake having the ball at the ends of quarters. But like, I thought it was just like he was weak with the ball. He was slow. Um, I, I was wondering if like Maxi's impending return is starting is like gotten his head a little bit. I mean, I'm just like armchair psychologist here, but like, you know, him, uh, uh, he's been playing so well to have like this bad of a game, one point in 17 minutes, like no other. He was just like really useless out there. Um, I wonder if that had some somewhat of an effect, but you know, I yeah. I, I don't know I, if Matisse isn't if Matisse isn't in that game at that point when the bench is playing bad and PJ's out. Like I just don't. And Niang's in for defense. I, it was there were some some decisions tonight. I, I did feel bad for Doc as he as Harold was getting fucking obliterated on defense. He had some oh, nice yeah. nice uh, nice strong uh, buckets, but was getting obliterated. And Doc goes, "All right, fine." I'll put in B-Ball Paul. Well, because who, who Tris proceeds had, to immediately fucking blow an assignment and give Bradley Beal a wide open three pointer, like immediately, like it happened. The I think the first defensive possession he was in there uh, was just a bad game overall. It was a bad game for everyone. And Trez had yeah, he had a couple finishes inside. Always is going to smoke one. Always is going to mishandle a ball on a pass. Has never made two free throws in a row in his time with the Sixers, and is. The block, the block on Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert should be forced to retire if Montrez Harrell blocks a three. Yeah. That is stunning. I was yeah. stunned by that. And it was a nice playoff of it that Harden finished uh, a nice uh, and one off a transition after it and then did a little Booker T style spin a Rooney uh, getting up off the court, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Bebo Paul hasn't been good. He's had stretches of good play over the course of the year, but like, if you're gonna pull him every time he does something weird, then like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna pull him a lot. He's gonna do weird shit and not play that well. But they just like they were a plus eight with Embiid out there and a minus thirteen in the twelve minutes he wasn't out there. And it's just like I don't know how we can keep doing this. And I we should have Daryl back on soon so I can yell at him because he he probably still thinks that the backup center is just not that important. And well, that he told that guy at the game that. He comes on when we ask him, and the only reason yeah, he hasn't it might been be on time. is we haven't asked him. It might him be time. Yet. I mean, like, even like Mo Bamba, who, like, Orlando wants to trade. At least he's a stretch five. Doesn't take as many threes as he should, but, like, can. And he's Embiid's friend. They work out together. And he's long as hell. He can protect the rim. Orlando has, like, 17 centers. Several bowls. Like, make, it, make a trade with them. Korkmaz and anybody for, for Mo Bamba. Like, get somebody here. It can't be Trez. It's not going to be Trez. I can 
I didn't foresee the future in this eight of nine stretch, but I do see the future in the playoffs if Montrez Harrell plays a single minute, a single meaningful minute. They will lose. They will fail. It has to be corrected. It has to be adjusted. I'm not saying Bebo Paul's the answer, although he was last year and he's perfectly fine. I'm not saying he is going forward, but someone else must be. We must try. We cannot keep doing this. Or it's PJ Tucker, and we just go PJ as, as a small ball five, and at least he's not as detrimental offensively when he's not not shooting and also Montrez Harrell is there not shooting and not doing anything helpful. So like, yeah, let's talk about PJ. So you could tell from the beginning of the game, actually before he even landed on his arm, that he was grabbing his hand and grabbing his arm. And of course he said, you know, it's funny. It came out earlier than when everyone started noticing it. I feel like it came out a game before, and he said he has a nerve problem, I guess, in his shoulder. By the way, a Ricky listener, and I brought this up on the podcast, speculated about a month ago or a month and a half ago that there was something wrong with his shoulder. And uh, and so, so PJ Tucker said he's had a nerve problem and basically been playing with a dead hand. Mm. Uh, now, I know it's been a while since you've played basketball regularly yes do you remember Mm -hmm. using your hands at all i do okay well so do i and it feels like that would make a difference and it feels like we're in december and it feels like pj tucker is a thousand years old Mm -hmm. we signed him to a three-year deal yep why on earth is he playing when his hand's dead, and it's December, I, he's the playoff player guy. That's the reason we got him. What is going on that his dead hand, he's playing like shit offensively. Defensively, he's been pretty good. Fine. Not still, still aggressive, like... Still aggressive. Still aggressive. Still being physical. Still leaning on him. Not helping on the glass, especially defensively. But like leaning on guys, his perimeter his uh lateral quickness is bad it's not there anymore but like fine he's can be a helpful player at like 20 minutes a game he doesn't need to be playing he needs to be sitting for a month or two or whenever his hand comes back to life because we're gonna need that hand in the playoffs for the next three years which is what they signed him for it's blowing my mind that he's still in there. What is this? What like masculine bullshit is it that like I have to play? Otherwise people are going to like question my masculinity. My, am I not tough enough? It's December. If you suck, sit for a while until it gets better. We have other guys. Other guys can play. The best ability is not availability. The best ability is having your hand be alive. Having a hand that is functionally living having a shriveled up hand like the like a doesn't there like a a shriveled hand is like a like a magic thing like you can you can curse upon it if someone touches like a shriveled is it a monkey paw might be cj knows he's popping in what i'm there's like a a shriveled there's like a shriveled thing like one of the like a totem or something i don't remember i was waiting for you to stumble on whatever you were looking for there no i'm not gonna get there shriveled i'm just blown away like he passed up a layup to make a 25 foot pass with 0.5 seconds left on the shot clock he had a layup and he's like instead 
let me kick it across court with half a second left on the clock. Really, 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 really bad offensive player at this point in his career needs to rest, needs to not be playing. I need at least two weeks off. He's got, they signed him to a three-year contract. Daryl should like hold him hostage in his house if he's, if he's like unwilling to do it. Like this is insane. His hand's dead. His hand is dead, Spike. The monkey's paw curls is a standard reaction phrase, meaning, sure, you'll get what you wish, but something else much more horrible will happen because of it. (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. (laughs) Stunning stuff. So, yeah. Maybe when he comes back from hand invigoration surgery, he can play like small ball five with like Tobias and Niang there, and we can run, he can just stay in the corner and then like, I really liked seeing like some Niang Harden pick and pops against the Knicks. They just like couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Anytime anybody doubles Harden like at the top of the key, I'm like praising. Thank you so much. What a generous gift that you're giving me. Um, even though he has been finishing nicely at the rim lately. Um, yeah, I don't know. The backup center is driving me crazy. And so is J- and PJ Tucker. Everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Bad. Well, so here is what I ask you to wrap up like this nine game uh, stretch where they mm-hmm. go eight and one, even though you had demanded nine straight wins. Yeah. They defied me. What is your take? What is your like big takeaway from these nine games? Was there a, like, a, a, like a, your gut feeling after these nine games, did they make you believe in them more did they like what 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 is the the is there if if anything like they beat six really bad teams they beat no they beat five really bad teams two pretty good teams and one really good team right and then lost to a fucking terrible team so which negates one of the good team wins so where where are you like is it for me it's pretty much like oh they're going to be exactly what I thought they were in the regular season. It's sort of like where I am. They haven't changed anything for me title-wise or anything, but they have gotten back to where I expected them to be in the regular season after not even being close for the first 24 games. No, I mean, I think, look, tonight was really frustrating, and I'm annoyed. And yep. annoyed. It was an annoying game in like the ways that especially make me frustrated. Um, like, decisions that don't sometimes you miss shots and missing shots is frustrating but like but like being out toughed yeah being out rebounded being like outworked outworked not like communicating like not taking the shots when you're supposed to and be trying to do too much with the handle like and there were times yeah like step backs like at the end of shot clock six seconds left in the shot clock he's gonna like have like four step backs in a row to get like a 25 footer it's just it's just, it's frustrating stuff um, and again, like he's a magnificent player, but I would just never, ever, ever choose to have my best player be a center in today's NBA. I would not do it. it is not, it is, I'd say the worst choice we can make. Would you trade um, him? No, never. Okay. Well, but well, this is um, what we got. Yeah. No, it's just, you gotta, we, because of that, because of the difficulty about that, you just have to like execute and be really tight. And yeah. they tonight they didn't against a very bad team. Um, they don't seem tough to me. They they do not seem tough to me. I w- I will defensively or regardless of what their defensive rating is, they do yeah. not feel like a tough team to me. 
they're certainly not consistently a tough team. Yeah, I think they have flashes of tough. I think this is a this is a once again we we are at a place where the Sixers are capable of looking like a team that can win a championship, and they believe that about themselves, and they know that that about themselves, and so they play like they think that they can turn it on. Right. And they haven't earned it. Flip the switch. They think they can flip the switch and they can't. They just yeah. don't. They haven't earned that enough. They haven't earned the like, well, we can just like be lackadaisical and then like crush them. And they like one or two games where it looked like they could. And that just like teaches them bad lessons. And so that's frustrating. But I'm excited to get Maxi back. That's a big deal. He single-handedly makes the team play faster and gets easy buckets and just gives them some juice and they're very slow or th- either they're slow or they're um, clumsy and chaotic in the like Dan House, uh, Matisse area or Bebo Paul as well. Um, and and Tyrese is f- so fast and athletic and in control and it's, and it's fun to see that. And so that, that'll add an element here. And the defense will be what it is, but like they... You know they've already switched to zone because of how poor they are at stopping dribble penetration anyway. So I'm I'm not I don't think that the I think a lot of the a lot of what the Sixers have done over the stretch has been benefit from them shooting poorly from three the other team. And so I think that the difference between like Melton is obviously a better defender than Maxi, but like everybody needs to play better. And Melton wasn't good tonight. He didn't play well. No. Um, he misses he, at the rim too much in transition. Like constantly misses at the rim. At the rim. He, he actually passed up a couple of threes yeah. I thought he should take tonight too. Yeah, he was pretty ineffective. And again, confusing why why Matisse wasn't out there for more. But, you know, I think that the, the Sixers had a very frustrating start to the season. And since then, they've been pretty good. Um, with a couple nice wins and a couple bad losses and some incredible Embiid offensive performances and some surprisingly good team defense but as people who watch the games watch all of their games it is hard not to feel like a they're not well coached they're not always disciplined there are times when they can look disciplined and they can move the ball and it feels like they know where they're going to be and like during that home stretch it really felt like man there's there's a cohesion offensively but they so easily like devolve into ugly stupid shit um and confusing stuff and iso and you know this the the ghost of yip miss past um just so many yips that you're just like waiting to see if someone's going to take the fucking shot when they're open um but so does it make me if i feel better than i did after the first couple games which i knew we were going to um but they're still a, a deeply frustrating team and the backup center thing is going to continue to haunt us forever and pj tucker needs to sit for a month or two the I rice ricky sanchez is brought to you by mortgage cs you ask me it, how i feel i'm going to keep going yeah i know well I'm, i gotta do this now yeah I, I love mortgage cs mortgage cs if you've if you've gotten a mortgage before or even if you haven't gotten a mortgage before, if, you, if you've got a mortgage before, what I would ask you is the next time you do, I just ask you to try Mortgage CS. Go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. If you've never gotten a mortgage before, and you're going to buy a house. Boy, have I, your problem is solved. 
Mortgage CS. Mortgage CS is not going to give you the money. You're like, ah, how does mortgage work? Whatever. Mortgage CS is a mortgage broker, which means they go to the banks and find the rates for you. The good thing about them, though, is that one of the good things is that they're independent. A lot of mortgage mortgage brokers have deals with certain banks. So whether it's the best for you or not, they have a motivation to lead you toward that certain bank. But Mortgage CS doesn't. Mortgage CS is also nimble, right? They are always available for you. So as things change, they will be in contact with you whenever you need them. That is morning, noon, night, weekend, holiday, whatever. I'm going to give you the cell phone number of the CEO, Ben. You can call him or text him at any time. Somebody in the chat, text him right now. See if he answers. Text Ben. 267-391-7425. When you are buying a home, you're going to need your mortgage broker there to get your pre-qualification letter, whatever, answer your questions. And then the final great thing about Mortgage CS, who are local, I think it's like nine people. They're right there in like, uh, what area are they? Like 40 minutes north of Philly. I forget the name of it. I want to say New Hope. It's not New Hope. Anyway, um, the other thing is that they're going to teach you everything you need to know about the process, which is way more confusing than I thought it was. You see these rates, you Google the rates on the internet, but that rate that you see on the internet is not always the rate that you're paying. And Mortgage CS is going to teach you about that as well. We've heard from tons of rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners. Every single one of them say, you know, everything you say about Mortgage CS is right. Call or text Ben, 267-391-7425, or go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky, mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. I have faith in them. You will have faith in them as well. Uh, check out their Google reviews, over 200 five-star reviews. Again, mortgagecs.com slash Ricky, or call or text Ben at 267-391-7425. This advertisement, not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. Can we move on to the uh, Harden thing? The Harden rumors? Yeah. Okay. So, excuse me, how to, how to make a little gross, uh, sick noise. So, it's Christmas Day, the signature regular season day of the NBA, when the league is to shine, right? A lot of high-profile games all in a row. It's sort of like for normal people where the NBA regular season really starts. And the first game is the Knicks and the Sixers. And the biggest reporter in the NBA on this big day uh, decides, not, not that he is wrong, I just think it's like it is a, a picture of kind of what sucks about the NBA, that the big story on the signature day during the regular season of a team that just won seven in a row is that their second best player and their biggest acquisition last year is seriously considering returning to the team he used to play on, which fucking who fucking sucks because he knows all the people in the city and he's just dying to get some sort of early um, uh, negotiating. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, leverage negotiating leverage with the current team Woj reports all-star guard James Harden is seriously concerning a return to Houston Rockets and free agency this July by the way these these rumors had been 
floating out there for a little while prior to this. This was the first big report. If he decides against a new deal with the Sixers, Harden and his inner circle have been openly weighing Houston in recent months, sources said. A remarkable possibility given that he requested and received a trade out of the franchise less than two years ago. His future with the Sixers remains a fluid proposition, one that has been buoyed with eight straight victories, including a win over the Knicks on Christmas. Harden is a productive is on a productive role with all-star center Joel Embiid and the state of that partnership and the Sixers postseason could well be telltale factors in how Harden proceeds this season. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, no shit. Telltale. Good. Yeah. Here is... After what would become a relatively brief stop in Brooklyn, Philadelphia, a move back to a rebuilding Rockets franchise would effectively represent comfort and familiarity over an immediate championship pursuit. For next summer, the Rockets are flush with salary cap space and an appetite to make significant improvement in the standings. I, I just feel like there's there's a way to do leverage without making yourself look like a fucking dickhead. Correct. Thank you. There's um, a way, like... Like if you're trying, if Daryl's not like offer, like seemingly going to offer you like the full max for as long as you want, like he knows there's other teams. You don't have to like go to the press and be like, I might sign here in seven months. Like it's just making yourself. I look. I don't know who did it. It's you have to assume it's someone in Harden's camp looking for leverage. Like there's no way around to just assume like someone in Harden's camp looking for leverage. I doubt that it's the Rockets organization. No, why seems, would they? Why would, they don't have anything to gain for this. And and by the way, you have to, last year, when the rumors started circulating around the Nets, he said at a press conference, I don't have an agent. It didn't come from me. Um, I'm here, yada, 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 which is essentially the same thing he said after the game against the Knicks. Yeah, he, he acted he, like confused by it. Yeah, like, he, he knows more. about this. He yeah. knows about this. This is He is as responsible as anybody else for this coming out on this day. It's, it's fucking just, weak. It, it's it so demonstrates weak. such a lack of like awareness about like who you are and who and how you're seeing like just fucking deal with it later. Yeah. Like there's no What the, do you need to do it now for? What do you need to do it now for? It's like seven games in a row on Christmas fucking day when you're like the marquee matchup. Luckily they won. They played like shit in the first half in that next game too, which was deeply aggravating. And I was just like so annoyed by it. I was so massively annoyed by it. And maybe I shouldn't be. And maybe I should fucking like not be a Homer guy about this. But like you just don't need to do it. Like it's just so unnecessary to be like, hey, instead of like negotiating this contract thing later when I can say in fucking June, hey, maybe I just go back to Houston. Like to you, not to the press. Then I'm going to say it now. And make myself look like a just a massive asshole to my teammates and just like the people that are trying to like get on board. It's like the first goodwill that the Sixers have had in a long time. Like the they started the season terribly. He didn't look good for a long stretch. Then he got hurt, and then they like lost some winnable games. And then finally they go on this nice winning streak because I told them to. And then it, it's just like such an awful time thing. And I was more mad about it a couple days ago when it happened. And now I'm just still mad about the Wizards game. But I just thought the whole thing was like shitty. And it just like put a bad taste in my mouth. And it's just like an unserious, an unserious like franchise player for like an unserious coaching staff of like an unserious organization. And like this just, it just, this shit just happens. This happens too fucking much. 
for the Sixers. It just fucking happens too goddamn much. Like, grow up, everybody. Stop whining to the press. This is dumb. And to your point, it just doesn't need to happen now. It doesn't. doesn't. You will have plenty of time to do this. Plenty of time to do this. And, And you said there will be other teams. To be quite honest with you, I don't think there's a ton of teams who will have cap space and who will be interested in giving James Harden fucking $35 million a year, to be honest with you. I don't think there's a ton. Like, for the big rumor to be Houston, and and by the way... Just needs to be one, though, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. By the way, like, if... And I've said this about Damian Lillard, and I, I understand. If the truth is you planted your roots in Houston and you just fucking like being there for your life, and you're 34, 35 years old, and don't want to be in a different city, and you just want to live in Houston, fucking fine. Then go. Then go. But this way, it doesn't need to happen this way. And 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 isn't this supposed to be Daryl's boy? Like, isn't this supposed to be Daryl's guy right here? Like, like, why is he doing this to his own guy? I don't it, it, know. I'm with you 100%. It's just... It's so weak, man. How many times are you gonna force your your you're gonna force yourself off a team or some shit or uh. I don't know. Maybe this is just like the annoying business stuff that you like have to do and it's like nah. it's not about being nice, like loser finance stuff. But just like you have teammates. You have people that like sports are not like the fans rooting for you like matter in this in the way that like fans that like I don't know, not fans, but like customers of like fucking Southwest Airlines or whatever don't. Like Southwest doing well, we're not going to be like cheering them. Like, oh, good, good financial quarterly statement, Southwest Airlines. Like it is specific to sports that the people that use that like pay money to them are like rooting for them to succeed. I don't really give a fuck about other businesses that I use. Like I care about the fucking Sixers because I'm a dumb piece of shit. (laughs) But like we do and I do and like just have a little bit like have a little bit more like now nah, we shouldn't all someone had to say was like, do we need to do this now? Like, does this matter that much? Like just like to risk like pissing people off and it just like leaves a bad taste in your mouth and it's annoying. I'm not as mad about it as I was when it happened, but it still sucks. I also think it sucks for the league. I do. I, no, I, just, I think I think you're totally right. Like yeah. there's so much enough of this, and, and I think of part this. of that. I think part yeah. of that is like people. You you disagree with me. I I think JJ Redick is a good announcer because I think he points stuff out that most normal announcers don't, and it's just like oh that's interesting. Like he's a guy who just played NBA basketball, and he knows what he's talking about, and he's willing to like say it in like a way that is helpful. And there's a couple other like local broadcasters that do that. There's not that many national. Doris is someone that nationally does it also. But like, I want more people to talk about basketball in like a digestible way that like are talking about basketball that aren't Especially just like Especially in the middle of the season. By the way, yeah, in the middle that are, that of isn't the season. Just, like yes, I think part of that is just like the hot take shows, the bullshit of that. Like of like, is this guy going to leave? And does this guy have killer instinct and all that bullshit that I've always hated for. My my the twelve or whatever years Killer I've been on basketball internet going to leave no I, I hate all that thing. all that stuff it's just but like not debating it is stupid it's like we can talk about basketball in a way that is compelling and so often people don't 
And so often people don't. And so that it like devolves into like, well, is, is Giannis going to leave the Bucks until they won a championship? It's like, when is, when is Trey Young going to go? And it's like, this is fun. Like the offseason is fun when it's the offseason, but you don't need to do it during the season. You need to have guys talking about basketball that is, makes basketball look cool and seem cool. And like they, you have that with football. Like yes. not all the football announcers are good. Plenty of them are very bad. But like at least some they of them are like, hey, look at how they're football. defending here. Yeah. What did you say? They talk a lot about football. Yeah, they talk a lot about <laughs> yeah. football in football. You know I mean? And in yeah. basketball, they're like only sometimes talking about basketball or like not talking about it in an honest way. It's making it's, it's annoying. It's making the league less popular. It just it is. And and you know, I, I think people sometimes get confused with what creates like what drives content, like what drives like uh, people to read your article or click on your tweet or listen to your podcast. Yeah. And 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 what makes people watch games? Yeah. Because really at the end of the day, the NBA needs people to go to games and watch games. That's where the money is made. And there's yeah. less and less people doing that every year. And we have more and more of this bullshit every year. It was funny, like Kevin Durant in some interview, they were like, well, what's different now? They The Nets have won like nine in a row. And he goes, man, this whole time we've just been about basketball and it's like, it's you guys that haven't. And I'm just like, are you serious, man? Like you, yeah. you, requested a trade That's Kyrie Irving is yeah. fucking backing Hitler like what are we talking about not here quite, not quite true <laughs> yeah. not quite true um, so. and I'm not I, I don't look I'm, I'm, I don't give a fuck about the NBA as a business model like I don't care I like, just that want, doesn't I want that stuff doesn't matter to me though. I want I want it I, it's less enjoyable for me as a person I, and I think it is less enjoyable for a lot of people as a person yeah you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean they got good ratings over Christmas, especially the Sixers Knicks game was like the highest rated Christmas game in a long time, or from that time slot or whatever the fuck. But yeah, I don't know. It should just be like more fun to talk about basketball, and so often that like the people that they employ, and it's like why I'm not inside the NBA guys, and it's why I'm not like first take guys or like just you know bullshit. It's just like so many people not talking about basketball and like not not wanting to, like not even trying to, and like it's frustrating. Cause it's a, it's a fucking, the sport I was, I was like hyper the other day. I haven't gotten hyper in a long time. And I think kids stop getting hyper when you're like 13. The word hyper stops like being, being used by a person when they turn like 14. Yeah. But I was like hyper the other day for whatever reason. I was watching basketball, I was watching college basketball and I was just like, so I was like Kevin O'Connor level excited about basketball. I was like having a great time by myself on like a weekend morning or something. I was like, this is great. What a, what a delight this is. And so often with the bullshit, like they try to make it like it's not about that. And it's like basketball is a beautiful game. And we're watching the best people in the world play. Like talk about that. That could be interesting. And, and just by the way, a, a, a very small thing that they did with, um, with the games, which is why the ratings were up 5% over last year, is they put them on two stations. Like, they were on ESPN and ABC this year for the first time ever. So, like, I think if you look at, I, I think if you look at, like, the basketball, not that anybody cares about this, if you look at the basketball ratings over the last 10 years and the NFL ratings over the last 10 years, you will see two different graphs going. But regardless, I it it sucks. It sucks on, on Christmas Day to watch the games and the one thing is, is, hey, this guy might want to go home to this shitty team. It's just not yeah. fun. It's not fun. And, and I've, I've had such little respect for like news breakers, the way that like Woj and Shams do their job for obviously like many months. Many, I, mean, I don't know how long I've been talking about it. Years maybe. 
I just think it just doesn't matter and like who cares and like you, the league may as well just like issue a press release like it doesn't it doesn't matter um but like especially on top of like to do that then and he I don't know maybe maybe he wanted to do maybe the maybe his bosses are begging him to do it I don't give a fuck I thought it sucked and I definitely thought it sucked the way he like reported Miles Bridges as like a as like someone who had a, a role in domestic violence rather than like being the perpetrator what if it's just like all the like it's almost like being like agents like agencyed up of those reporters being like just so oh. in their pocket i'm just like well, who one cares? like they, who they, gives a shit woach puts the the agents like tweet a twitter i know i'm like the... who who cares man like i don't i don't know like i think at, at this point like why do you give a shit like the way that i'm asking like hubie brown to retire i'm asking woach to like have more and shams and whatever maybe shams is young i don't who never who knows he's barely shams is like i think younger than 30 he's and he like yeah doesn't he doesn't convey as a human being. No. Um, just like grow up back, like grow up, be fine, like do your job and like do it in a way that's not as pathetic as you're doing it. Come on. <laughs> grow up and be fine. Embarrassing. The Sixers uh, should have fucking won tonight. This sucked. They should. Um, the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Mike, good news. Oh, I think I told you last time. Cornblow and Cornblow has signed up for 2023. Yeah. They're back in, baby. Yeah, Woj break that news. Woj break Yeah, you don't have that news, fucking idiot. Cornblow and Cornblow is the premier boutique personal injury law firm in southeastern PA, some of the most giant results for medical malpractice, but any personal injury. Uh, slip and fall, injured at work, car accidents, medical malpractice as I mentioned, been there four decades fucking killing it and here's the big difference the big difference is the personal service the personal communication the care the um just the the you you're gonna feel like you're in good hands you call these other personal injury law firms you see billboards or hear commercials you just get shipped off to somebody else they're just referral services cornblow and cornblow is really there you're going to call Cornblow and Cornblow. You're going to send Cornblow and Cornblow an email. You're going to hear from Adam or from a Cornblow. Is there his mom who's been doing it the whole time? Started the law firm with his dad. Now it is Adam and his mom just fucking killing it. You don't even have to go to, they've got a bunch of offices in the Delaware Valley. He'll come to your home if you need him to. If you think you might have a case, give him a call, shoot him an email. Cornblow has been with us forever. K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. Email cornblow at cornblow and cornblow.com. The and is spelled out in that email address, cornblow and cornblow.com. Cornblow and cornblow, the official law firm of the process. The other tradey news that came out, per Ian Begley of SNY, the Knicks have talked internally about the idea of acquiring Tobias Harris via trade. By the way, I had heard this rumor. I mentioned it to MOC. Wow. I had heard this rumor about a month ago from somebody who had given me a couple of other. I don't know if you remember when the, the last time the Knicks played the Sixers on Christmas. Like I broke that somehow from this one person. Uh, the Knicks have talked internally about the idea of acquiring Tobias Harris via trade before their winning streak started. Tom Thibodeau spoke highly of him before the game, so that's just one name to keep an eye on. I mean, it would be tough to trade with the Knicks unless Julius Randle or Evan Fournier was in the trade. No, no there's they have any young players. They have a couple of young players that I get excited by, but not for Tobias. Would you take no. uh, Mitchell Robinson for him and Julius uh, Randle? 
No. No? No. No, Tobias is a better fit. Okay. For doing the things that we need him to do. Would you take and Julius like Randle? No, we don't need quickly. No, I mean, Should, Mitchell Robinson would be a great backup center. I would love to yeah. have Mitchell Robinson as a backup center, but I don't know. I don't think the Knicks were th- are envisioning that. No. Take I would like Isaiah of... Hartenstein also, a guy that could play backup center that the Sixers could have had instead of the, the trash that they're walking out there. Um, no, I think this is a, you know, Tobias is from Long Island, like, great. Maybe that's something in the future that there's like a three-team trade there, but like, no, you're not going to make it. You're not going to trade Tobias to the Knicks midseason. There's, there's no world. Okay. The Spotify question of the pod. This was after the seventh win in a row. You can you scroll if you're listening on Spotify or watching on Spotify. Scroll under the pod. You can answer the question there. Do you now believe the Sixers are a title threat? Adam says yes. Lusky wants to know if I use the Ricky credit card for the Santa costume. Answer is no. Um, West Coast Rejects says, fuck no, we will get to the second round and Doc will start playing Trez and PJ will look 6 million years old and Harden will take 15 million bad jumpers. I fucking hate this theme. This was after a win. This was after the Clippers <laughs> yeah, win. Yeah, um, and yeah then, I mean, look, they, there was a stretch when, when they had some positive vibe momentum in their favor. And then the Harden thing came out and then this pathetic loss. Um, and you know, maybe Maxi brings it back and stuff, but there's, I simply will not accept the Sixers going into a playoff series with Montrez Harrell as their primary op- option at backup center. I won't accept it. I don't know what I'm capable of doing oh, to prevent boy. this from happening because oh, are you, th- you're not threatening. I'm threatening something. I don't know what it is. It's a very vague threat, but like something will happen. That I don't know yet. That I haven't figured out if they go into the playoffs with Embiid's primary backup being a fucking dead-legged, no-jumper, no-defense Montrez Harrell. I will lose it. I, and it sucks for me because I loved Trez as a prospect when he was younger. And he is not that guy anymore at all. And Doc just gives him so many chances. One of the things with B-Ball is that like, oh, he fouls too much. Trez had four fouls in five minutes tonight. At one point. Like, there's no reason there's nothing he does at an above average level in the NBA. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. That you couldn't get someone that's 6'10". It's always Nick Richards for me. You couldn't get Nick Richards to do. There's not a single thing that Montrose Howell gives you that Nick Richards couldn't do. Or someone else that you can find in the second round. Charles Bassey, by the way. Doing fine. It's it's blowing my mind. So if it is a demand, again, that something changes between now and the trade deadline to not have Trez be Embiid's backup. It doesn't have to be b Paul. b Paul is very busy processing orders and, hand, and dealing with customer service, and that's fine, and he should he be all, allowed to do that. He said his New Year's resolution was to sell more hoodies. I loved so it. I, don't know I loved it. Yeah. God bless him. Yeah. We'll, we'll help however we can, yep. my friend. But it doesn't have to be b Paul playing backup minutes. It just has to be someone else that is not a zero on defense and a zero on offense. Because those numbers add up to zero. Bad. <laughs> Gotta give me something. Give me something to hang on to. Give me Mike Muscala, at least as a stretch five. Give me something. Anything positive. I think Bad. you'll like this. 
the hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week comes from Rob Smith. Ivaka Zubak looks like he could be related to CJ. CJ Zubats? Yeah. Sure. I'll see it. Yeah. He does sort of look like him. Uh, get a little mailbag before we go. Wait, 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 wait. What? You're not going to let me not talk about Lewis King. Oh, right. You're right. not going to prevent right. that from happening. Guy that's never going to play. It probably fucking sucks. Well. Go ahead. He's, I've seen him listed. He's like 6'8 or 6'9. Six, six or signed a two-way guy, Lewis King. Yeah. Played one year at Oregon. He's from Jersey City. He uh, was ESPN's 11th ranked recruit in, I think it was 2018, uh, in like the RJ Zion, uh, Cam Reddish class. Kind of around guys like your boy Anthony Simons and Kelton Johnson and Quentin Grimes, Jalen, Jalen Smith, Nas Reed, Darius Baisley, in that, in that mix as far as prospects go. He's long. He dunks. He's got seven foot wingspan. Played against Matisse in, in college. He's kind of Cam Reddishy, which I tweeted about. Like, does a, some impressive stuff and then does stuff that you're like, you shouldn't be doing this. You're not quite good enough to be doing it. But he's got a, a slow release from the perimeter, but he can get it up over anybody. He shoots it high. Um, he's the thing that was interesting to me when I looked when I dug into his stats was that he's shooting fifty eight percent on twos on like high volume, and that's compelling he's had some knee injuries when he was younger so maybe like there's a, a level of health i obviously haven't watched like him play a full game but like he's an athlete and he should be in the nba in some way um i like him i like how he moves more than julian champagne who's the sixers other two-way guy who played some of the worst summer league basketball i've ever seen and i've seen some bad summer league basketball um there's no reason why like if they trade if they trade, if they do like a Matisse and Korkmaz or something like that for someone that's better, there's no reason why Louis the King, which is a great nickname, Louis the King, um, couldn't get bumped up to the active roster. Like he he can he he should be able to be like a live body, and sometimes you need like a live body. And so I'm, I think this is the kind of signing that if you can quicken his jump shot up, if you can get him to play defense, he's real skinny. Wears a t-shirt under his jersey. I know you don't oh, like that. Oh, yeah, that's um, bad news. But it's because he's skinny and he needs to put him away. He's still twenty. Like he's the right, like he's like twenty three, I think. Um, and so it's like still some upside, still some like playable. Like not going to be a starter in the league at any point. But like, there's no reason why he couldn't be an athletic eighth or ninth man in the league. Um, good signing, right signing. Keep cycling through guys until you have somebody that hits and force Doc to play them when he needs to, when we need a spot. Don't just go to a seven-man rotation, you lunatic. Is that it? I mean, I keep going, but yeah, no, no, no. It's, yeah it's fine. Yeah. Louis is good. Okay. He's okay. fine. He's worth playing. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's not like one of my guys, but like played one year in college, was a highly, highly ranked recruit. Like you, you, this is what you do with two-way guys to see if they click. So let's see. I, I'd be interested to see how he, how he plays in Delaware at least and see if it gets into the system or something and, and maybe gets into a couple games here and there. Um, cause he's got an NBA body and he can shoot and he can handle a little bit. So like, let's see it. Let's see if he breaks in the mailbag. I would like for one of the two way guys to fucking yeah. break in a little bit. The most and we've a, seen and is a like to, Charlie Brown Jr. And yes. He, and a bummer. Yeah. To, and that, that was last year because of all yeah. the COVID stuff. Um, yeah. and a bummer that Saban Lee didn't get a chance, but I think definitely once they cut him, it was like, because Maxi is coming back. Um, remember those days. I, I yeah. think he should have been playable. Yeah. But give me, just package some guys together. Get a fucking backup center that can goddamn do anything. Holy hell. 
Mailbag, 833-LICK-FACE is the voicemail. Writes to rickysanchez at gmail.com is the email. Let's go voicemail first. Hi, Spike Mike. My name's David. I'm calling from Virginia. First time, long time. Um, my question is, um, what does Joel Embiid need a better PR team? Uh, you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo and everything he overcame in Greece and how that's used to build his narrative. You look at Jokic uh, overcoming childhood uh, childhood obesity. Um, and Joel Embiid's been doing some pretty serious shit, but it seems like it's more often used against him than for him. So what can he do, or better yet, what can we do to help him win over more, uh, more hearts and minds, uh, especially among the MVP voters? Uh, going to non-basketball, this is just as much a request as it is a question. You won't recognize my name because I was banned from Twitter for threatening to murder my brother over uh, <laughs> Vinny Curry-Casey Tuhill debate on Twitter. Um, but I'm one of the sickos wow. who you guys shouted out for listening to an unhealthy amount of the pod last year. Um, it's the two-year anniversary of the which direction do you wipe from debate, either from the side or through the middle. You guys both agreed with me because you're not psychos that wiping from the side is the most hygienic. My brother Chris, being the psychopath that he is, uh, wipes from the middle. He insists that he never touches poop water and that he is very clean. Can you please do me a favor? He listens to the pod. He loves it even more than I do. Can you please explain to him how insane that is? And the more shameful you can make him feel, the better. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work. All yeah. right. So first of all, does Joel Embiid need a better PR team? And they, I thought that was an interesting point, actually. And second, we'll get to the wiping. Pretty I, rattled by the Vinnie Curry Casey Tool debate. Yeah. The and he was like, you know me, the guy that was banned from Twitter for threatening <laughs> to kill his brother. <laughs> oh yes, of, of course. <laughs> so I I actually think is an interesting point about Embiid in that maybe early on I feel like these stories were out there but now it you're right it does not seem like he is somebody who has overcome like i don't i don't feel like that is the narrative about him also all of his gear from under armor was always fucking the shoes were okay i guess but the t-shirts and stuff were always terrible uh he's doing crypto ads i guess tom brady is too i i do think that like he does not have anybody he does not he, whoever his people are that work the press and work the media do not do as good a job as some other people do. But then again, I don't think, uh, Jan, I, my guess is that doesn't come from Giannis, uh, either. Why, why do you think they are seen one way and Embiid is seen another perceived another way? And do you think that, that they are? Uh, I do think like winning MVP vaults you into that. Yeah like stratosphere yeah. that Embiid is not quite reached yet. Yep. Um, I think the book on him was pretty quickly like, oh, he's a troll and he's like silly. And like, everyone's kind of like poking him with a stick and be like, do a troll, do a troll thing. Like that can be fun. Um, but he also left CAA, right? Yep. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. He's and he also seems like a kind of a private person a little bit. Yeah, doesn't like going out. Doesn't like talking about his, you know, yeah, his life. Yeah, like wasn't sharing that. Like, hey, my wife is pregnant, or my yeah. my girlfriend at the time was pregnant. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's great. I love and, him. And the uh, the wiping thing, just to be clear, because he wasn't really explaining it. His brother said that he wipes by going 
in between his legs rather than off to the side and then wiping. So he's which sitting... Which is my... Which I believe is more of like a... How... A, I was going to say, I don't know. This is my, my perspective on, on years of... Oh, boy. I don't know. I'm pulling it back. Okay. Parachuting out. Yep. And out of this, one martini down. Were you going to say... No, it doesn't matter. Don't even guess. Okay. All right. Because I think I know what you were going to say, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Not, I don't go through the front, no, and you, I know some people do, and that's fine. Ooh, I don't but think to go fine. through the front for poop yeah. seems strange. Yes, that's right. You can't go through the front for poop. You, you can't go through the front for poop. You got to go to the side. And who taught you how to do it that way? Like, you guys have the same parents, I assume? Oh, wow. Maybe one parent is, has gotten banned from Twitter for threatening to kill the other one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do we think the parents are divorced? Yeah, I guess it's possible. One lives with one. The other one lives... Wow. Nature one and nurture. Just, one just does everything wrong. Maybe. Um. This comes from Maya. Basketball question. Is the Sixers winning streak following Mike's demand proof that the Sixers only exist for the Ricky at this point? Think about watching this team if you don't listen to the pod. You'd be happy the season turned around, but be totally blind to the coach, Vegas, Magic, Mike forces behind their success. I think it's possible. Um, Non-basketball question. Did you make any New Year's resolutions? And if so, what are they this year? Haven't done a, a single thought to a resolution. Um, do they exist? I think they exist. I think all of this exists primarily in my own mind. I don't think, mm. I don't think you are real. I don't think we're really broadcasting. <laughs> I don't think 308 or however many, uh, Ricky listeners have gone to LL to get married is real. I don't think anything is real. The Sixers certainly aren't real because how, how, how could they be? I think I am in a cell somewhere, absolutely losing it and inventing these torture devices where I have a relatively famous podcast about a team that constantly melts down and tries to kill me. Yeah. That everybody hates. Um, uh, final one. I thought we, we've gotten this note a few times during Tobias's better play. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was the first time we got a voicemail about it. Eight, three, three lick face. Hi, this is Todd. First time, long time. I want to shout out Mike for his amazing Tobias Harris take a while ago. Never forget that he said Tobias can't make quick decisions or shoot quickly because he has brain damage from COVID. Temporary. So please, Spike, make sure Mike pays for this horrible I, take. It was a thought. Thank you. <laughs> Just floating it as a possibility. That it, I, it affects us all in different ways. I certainly was slower in the I immediate thought, aftermath of COVID. It was so funny. I didn't even remember that you had said it, but it was like oh, yeah. it was so funny to me that so many people brought it up. People have remembered. Yeah, people yeah. have. People don't forget. Yep. Well, so close, but yet so far. Yeah. There was no other way for this to go. Never had a chance. Yeah. To the Wizards. Of course it was the fucking embarrassing Wizards. I didn't think they'd get to 8 to be quite honest with you. So, I didn't. I guess I'll just think about it and make, I'll look at it. I'll, I'll consult with the schedule and the situation and I'll, I'll weigh when to make my next demand. 
It was a good one this time. Gave us a lot of content. All right. We will uh, talk to you later this week with a surprise. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know, like if you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.